when you look at it, like it looks crazy. It's like, well, how the heck did you figure that out? Because I hit equals and started typing stuff. Okay, that didn't work. Equals. Okay, that didn't work. Equals. And again, I like Excel and Sheets, so I was willing to do that. It makes sense to me. My brain, I think my brain's love language is Sheets. So that was, it was, it was enjoyable for me to do that, to, to figure it out. Um, also, <laughs> the other factor that really helped me. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Before going into the episode, I want to thank our sponsors, starting with the DOYSC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength and conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA, or internship opportunities, or even live discussions. They are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I will put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. T-Bows is full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16-plus reports, evaluation testing, goal setting, to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with team builders and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. So please be sure to like, rate, subscribe, and even share this podcast with a fellow coach or a fellow in iron. I'm your host, John Mark Raspberry, current strength coach over at Bolivar Central High School. I have on today Zach Fleming from, I, I won't pronounce it so bad, is it Doblin Bennett? That, that's, yeah. I, I could never get some of these high schools right. So, so um, Zach is a NHSSCA Tennessee State Advisory Board. And he was, yep. also was the Tennessee's uh, NHSSCA's state coach of the year last year, correct? Or was it the year before? Uh, 2021? Well, no, last, last year. Last year. Last year. Whatever the last year was. Awesome. So I'm going to let Zach kind of introduce himself, uh, what he does every single day, um, how he got into strength and conditioning, his little backstory into how where he's at right now. So. Go for it, Zach. Before I get into that, for those of you watching, if you see me fall again, it's because the chair I'm sitting in apparently just broke. So I apologize in advance if I just drop out of the bottom here. Um, yeah, so I am, like John Mark said, I am, uh, at, at Dobbins Bennett High School, Kingsport, Tennessee, uh, Upper East Tennessee corner, you know, back probably five minutes from the Virginia state line. Uh, we've got about 2,500 kids. Probably, I mean, this – Currently, we've had over a thousand kids uh, come through the weight room. So we've, you know, we're we're a larger school uh, up in the Upper East part of the state. Uh, I've been here. This is my eighth school year here. Uh, I got hired in February of 2015 after I had been at Carson Newman as a grad assistant for two years, uh, working with football uh, as an actual defensive line and linebackers coach, but also working. Um, I was in charge of the weight room as well as some of the other sports. And it wasn't like the whole whole team. It was, it was right when the NCAA made the rule that you had to have a strength coach. So it was kind of like I had some of the women's golfers, most of the swim team, some of the boys' basketball or men's basketball. Uh, it, was, it wasn't really like a team-by-team team thing. It was just whoever wanted to come. Um, you know, I'm, I am uh, not a strength coach by educational background. I went to school to be a youth pastor and realized that the ministry that I was called to was not a church because I, I just I learned through sport that so many, uh, you know, I obviously played football and I did uh, I threw javelin in college. So but I learned through that that uh, so many so there's many needs that why would I wait in the church to go and meet those needs when I could go be a part of the, the greater school system and meet those needs, uh, whether I say the word Jesus or not. Um, so that was kind of where I shifted over. I, I mean, I was kind of, I was a minor in exercise science. I'd taken everything I could. So it's not like I'm just a, you know, I didn't just like lifting and jumped into it. I, I did just like it, but I had a little bit of educational background. So that's kind of a, a roundabout way of getting to where I'm at. Awesome, Zach. And, you know, that 
you know, meeting you at the uh, state clinic, I was like, I didn't know that this dude went was like going into the ministry and then kind of circled back around into like the ministry of the iron. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's kind of cool, man. Really cool to kind of hear a little story about that and mm-hmm. uh, everything like that. So let's kind of go into the actual part of this episode. So tricks and tips. So do you have any like tricks or tips that you um discover in your own coaching experience whether that's in the weight room google sheets uh field court just something to help other coaches uh and this is probably something a lot of folks especially nowadays are believe but don't be married to anything you know just when you're in the weight room there was a time early on that i was just not smart enough and i would get frustrated if a kid couldn't do exactly what i wanted them to do um that's because my ego was in the way more than anything um, my, my desire was for them to justify my program rather than me help them reach and achieve what they needed to do. And if that meant that they, they need to do something, then the first thing I planned, I, I hurt my feelings or something. So don't get so married to your, to your program or your, what you think. Um, obviously I'm not saying your opinion doesn't matter. Um, but I mean, there's a reason that they come they come to my weight room, right? They come in, that's the reason they hired me. Right? I've got expertise, but my job is to determine what is best for each kid um, and, and then go from there and then structure it and organize it in a way that it might be different in a team setting. Uh, now, is that like, you know, does that mean have a thousand different training programs? No, not necessarily at all. But just don't be so married that every kid has to force fit exactly. Like my job is to be the one that changes. We've, as a strength coach, you learn that when you talk to sport coaches, right? Uh, hey, we got practice change here. We're going to switch it up to this. And that's just part of it. You've got to be willing to change, um, you know, my background kind of coming from, you know, like I said, the, the youth ministry side and then learning um, exercise science more, more or less on my own. And then I, I did get a master's in it, but I, I never had somebody kind of hammer down like you, you do it this way, this way, this way, this way. I had a bunch of different experiences as, a, as an athlete. Um, so there was just this big hodgepodge. So I, I didn't ever have this belief that you had to do something one way. Uh, and I'm thankful because it's led to, you know, way better success in terms of reaching these kids and, and helping them get, ultimately, they don't come for me. They come to me to help with their sport. And so I've got to keep that priority in uh, in check. Yeah, man, I think as coaches as well, we're very – uh, passionate about what we do and we're passionate about how we do things. And, you know, it's easy to get kind of lost in the weeds of things mm-hmm. uh, of like, we, we're running this system and it's going to work in this way. We're going to progress this way. You know, I will die on this hill for X, Y, Z thing. I think it's kind of, you know, it we can get lost in that sort of thing and, you know, kind of miss the big picture of, well, mm-hmm. we're here to kind of serve them. And, you know, we hear this over and over, it's a serving field, which it is. You know, we're the ones that need to adapt and change um, and give what the athletes actually need. Uh, I heard someone say that we're kind of like chameleons, right? We're, we had to adapt. We, we kind of blend in into wh- whatever our environment is. Yeah. And again, I think, like I said, it's we feel like, and I, I say we, I'm talking about me. The, when I started, I felt like, you know, they're not doing my, they don't want to do my program because it's a shot at me or something. Like I got, it was an attack at me. Like I'm not good enough for this or that. No, I'm not good enough. If I can't figure out a way to help the kid get where they need to get, regardless of what I, my desires are, you know? Um, and so, the, and that, but that's, that's a battle uh, as a coach for me as a man, like ego pride, like that's a battle daily. Um, and, and we have to be reminded daily, like, I got to pick up my cross and die today. It's a daily thing. Like it's not, it's hitting Zach Fleming show. Right. Um, and if, if that's my mindset, then, you know, my life's going to be pretty pitiful and short and I'm not going to make the type of impact I want to make. Um, so just keeping the priority of what, what is best for the kid. Like, obviously I have my brothers, but I don't always get my way. And that's probably a good thing. Absolutely, man. And let's kind of go ahead and dive deep into the episode. We kind of talked about this. Uh, a little bit, you know, uh, you know, texting back and forth, DMing, whatever. Um, you presented this actually at the state clinic. Uh, but before all that, let's talk about your training philosophy because I, I I love that bit at in uh, at the uh, state clinic. I love your bit about your training philosophy. So talk to us about your training philosophy, and then we can dive into that. 
um, yeah. Uh, so coach them hard, love them harder. And that's you're know, like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with X's and O's or it doesn't say I train this style or that style. And that's primarily because of what I just said, uh, I'm going to coach the heck out of them and we're going to have a high standard and, and the, you know, we're, we're going to pursue excellence in everything we do. And we're going to coach the absolute heck out of everything we do. Um, does that mean I coach every kid the same way? No, but I, I've, that means I'm, I'm intentionally diving in, developing relationships, uh, figuring out what what each kid needs. Like some some like a lot of our high school boys kind of desire and crave that more military style in your face. Sometimes and some of them don't. Now some of them don't at all. Um, some some of the kids that you know they desire just this type of arm around. I'm like, hey man, are you you're better than that, aren't you? Or and some of them just like if I just you know incentivize the good stuff they'll respond and it's it takes time to learn that with the kid but I'm going to coach the heck out of that and I'm going to coach them hard coach them hard coach them hard but but the reason I coach them so hard is, but it's going to love them harder because at the end of the day they matter than any more than anything any squat rack uh, any max weight any vertical jump any result on the field if if I if I desire those things more than loving that kid then I've got everything out of whack. Um, I've already referenced it, Luke 9, 23 through 25. It says, you know, if you want to follow me, they must pick up their cross daily, right? But but the 24 and 25, it says, but if, if you're going to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life, then you will find it, right? And this is talking about, obviously, our devotion uh, to Christ. But like, if I want to hold on to these things and, and get these things that don't matter, so, like, I, yes, I, yes, I want a high squat. Yes, I want a great vertical. Yeah, I want to run great 40s. Yeah, I want to, I want to be on the state championship team. Yeah, I want all those things. But if I cling to that and I sacrifice reaching and loving on that kid, like has that kid, is that have they gone home and heard the words I love you? Have they have they been have gotten a hug that day? Like has anybody give them a high five? Like, has that kid gotten that? Because if I don't meet those needs, then what does it matter if they squat 450 pounds? Like, yeah, that's cool. But at the end of the day, that's a that's a hole, right? The Bible says that there that God has placed eternity in our heart. That means that there's there's this world cannot feel it. Like the squat maxes, the winning records, those things can't be filled. So some of those kids, right, like they're not going to see Jesus unless they see it through me. So I've got to love the heck out of them. And, and, you know, if you get one, you know, if you have kids, you realize how bad you are and like sometimes how how quick to be, you know, to be angry and respond in anger and frustration. Like, well, this kid just doesn't get it. And I don't, well, you know, Nick Saban got fussed at a couple of years ago for a kid. I think it was when he was at Michigan State. He didn't kick the kid off the team for a drug-related charge. He's like, well, where would you rather be, on the street with the drugs or here where he's got structure? And that so often my mindset is like that of the media. Kick the kid off. He doesn't deserve to be here. But where would I rather him be? It With us in a place where we know we love him and we can reach him or out on the street getting, you know, filling their, finding their identity from the world. That's not where I want them to be. I want them to be here. And, and you know, again, I say this in a out, outside of a frustrating situation. Like we have kids, I get frustrated with daily, but I've got to like pull myself back. Like, Hey, you got to love them first. Got to love them first. Got to love them first. Because that's what Christ did. That while I was still a sinner, while we were still sinners, right? That's when he died. He came and died for us when we had nothing to give. Right. And then he ascended. Now he still intercedes on our behalf at the, at the right hand of the throne. And so like, I can't, I can't just get frustrated with the kid and be like, well, you're not worthy because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And yet I still receive that love. So I, because of that, I have to look like, I'm going to coach the heck out of them. And we're going to have a high standard and nobody probably likes winning uh, as much as I do. But again, if, if I get that priority mixed up, then we're not going to ever achieve what we truly need to achieve in life. And, and again, maybe that means, uh, maybe that means I don't win as many games. Does that excite me? No. But if I reach more kids as a result, then I'd be willing to make that sacrifice. So, yeah, but that's awesome, and that's something that like I took away, especially from when you presented. I was like, I love that mentality because you know, been teaching for last about three or four years, and I kind of hear this phrase every single year: is that like you're the closest thing to Jesus, or you're the closest thing to a Bible that some of these kids have. Mm-hmm ever experienced because like you know they're used to getting screamed at and uh you know getting in trouble and messing with the wrong people and you know it just the list goes on and on but like i have keeps on hearing this recurring theme of 
you're the only, you know, you're the closest thing to a Bible that some of these kids have heard. And I mean, that, that kind of hits home. Well, I think too, like in terms of actual, just the coaching part, uh, did your first grade teacher MFU and drop GD this and that when you didn't know how to write your name, did they cuss you out and like flip tables because you couldn't, you weren't learning? No, because that's, they, they come to me. Like my job is to get them where they need to go. Like my, that's my job. So if I don't somehow figure out how to do that, whose fault is it, mine or theirs? Well, they just didn't buy in. Well, what did I do to get them to buy in? Did I do the same thing I did for everybody else? Or did I meet them where they were at and then walk along and like, no, like my job is if I'm a teacher, if I'm a coach, my job is not to, you know, what am I, am I, am I belittle them because they don't, they can't do anything. Oh, they, so you're weak. You came to me and what am I going to go off on you for being weak? That's stupid. Like now, if you, if you just, there's, there's situations where you need to, you know, up the intensity and get it, you know, kind of get somebody's grill. That's fine. Um, but again, that's not like, we can't operate in a world where you you just can't get this done. And you can't like, of course they can't. That's why they came to me. My job is to get them to where they can. And if I can't, if they can't do it the way I want them to, then adjust and go. But you know, I just my wife's a first grade teacher, so I always think about that. Like she's never punched a kid in the face or like slammed a bottle down on the table because you just can't get like they're first graders. Of course they can't do some of these things, but that's why they came to her to learn. That's the same reason our kids come to us is to learn. And we got to again remind ourselves of that. Like. So often we want to get to this comfortable mode where we can come in, start to warm up, get going, and then just have this, what we have in our head, just ex- expected to exist. But if I'm not coaching that and we're not teaching that, then why would I get mad at the kids for not doing what is in my head that I never taught them to do? That's ignorant. Uh, so that's that's my rant for that. Yeah, man. I, I, something that I mentioned previously in podcasts and you know previous episodes is that like these are kids. Like kids, not grown adults, kids. Mm-hmm. So like, um, you know, Mike Boyle's episode, he talks about, I think it's called Murphy's Law. You know, anything and everything could go wrong with, you know, high school athletics, especially boys. And I mean, like, yeah, you can do everything that you need to and you could teach it and stuff like that. But like, you got to continuously do and teach and, you know, continuously remind them of stuff because, you know, they, they're going to forget. You know, high school kids are going to forget as soon as you say something, you know, uh, all that kind of thing, man. And like, you just got to keep in mind that, you know, they're kids. Yep. You know, they're not professional athletes. They're kids. <laughs> yeah, the kids. I had two boys and they, uh, it's one of our current players, older brother. His freshman year, him and another boy were, uh, they were bench pressing, which is every high school male's favorite. And so because they were bench pressing, I looked over and I just see one of them absolutely throw a haymaker and hit the other one in the gut and and i you know i got probably a little more mad than i should have but that's that's like a safety hat that's a big, legit safety has and i get over there and i'm like what are you are you like what are we doing coach we just want to see who can bench press the most and still get hit in the gut while doing it and you guys thought that was a good idea are you kidding and they didn't have they didn't understand at all why that was a dumb thing to do in the weight room and it's just like all right, well, it's definitely not professional athletes working with. So they were good kids. They just lapsed the judgment there. Good kids, bad decisions. Yeah. All right, so let's kind of jump into the episode here. So um, you presented this at the Tennessee State Clinic, and it was talking about individualization with different groups inside your program. So kind of give us, like, the basis of your program here. Okay, so I, I want to preface with this because people hear this and they're like, oh my gosh, why are they? Why would you do that? They're all kids. They all need, they're all weak. They're all slow. They all need to do this and that. And that's true. And, and those are the primary things we're going to chase. Um, but I do think, especially as a kid, like I've got kids from sixth grade to 12th grade in, in some cases. Um, we had a kid that just graduated that started coming in fifth grade. It was our coach's son. And I had him over 700 times. You know, in 700 training sessions, I can determine some some needs, some some things I need to prioritize um, with that kid. Um, and so it's not a bunch of different programs. It's one program. It is a unified, if you want to use Gary Schofield's terminology, it's a unified but not uniform program uh, in the sense that we're once we're able to identify what a kid's primary need is, we're going to make that the priority. And then their secondary need, and then their tertiary need, and then their auxiliary need. And we're going to work through it that way. We're still going to hit power, strength, speed, um, size. We're still going to hit all these different things in a training 
uh, program, but we're going to get prioritized based on different things. That's all we're going to do. And so it, it, sometimes people hear that and they're like, well, you know, I can do strength. They need to get stronger. Well, yeah. And that's part of our program, but it's maybe not the most important thing because there's within a realm when I feel like they're strong enough. And I know that there's a strong enough is a term that's like, well, they're never strong enough. Well, yeah, you're right. That's, but again, I'm not, I'm not sacrificing strength. I'm just not making it the main priority because I want to see transfer. We've had, we don't have in Kingsport and I hope any of our Kingsport folks listening to this, we don't have elite speed and, and elite athleticism that we had even 15, 20 years ago. We just, we don't, we don't, we haven't had that. We've had a couple that have, that have been able to really take it off the top. We, we had, we just haven't had as much as we're used to. And so if, if I'm going to err on this one side, I'd, I'd rather err on the fast the side of them being faster and more powerful than potentially stronger and a little bit slower. I, and again, it's not like we're just doing a, a strength program versus a, like, it's not that it's, it's a, everything is tiered in there and then we use the tier system uh, to determine that. But, but so the way, we, the way we actually go about programming, let's, let's just start from the very beginning. Kid walks in the door. Well, until they hit 108 training sessions in high school, they're in the developmental program. Why 108? Because if they came, if they averaged two and a half training sessions between the fall and the spring semester at DB, I would see them 108 times if they averaged two and a half times a week, three times in the off season, two times in the in season. What if they get hurt and they don't come? What if they don't? Well, then they don't come and they have to they delay it until they're there. Um, I've got a lot of kids that are juniors and seniors that are on the developmental program because various things, COVID, and, and now this group, COVID is still lingering on some of them. Um, but, you know, so I, so once they have 108 training sessions in the high school, well, why not the middle school? What about those kids? Well, we have a lot of kids. I mean, what happens to a kid in middle school? They, some of them just shoot up and they're bought. Everything changes so much. I'd rather hammer down technique and hammer down technique. And yeah, I'll let them put, I'll let them, I'm not scared to add weight to them. I'm not saying that. Um, we're just not going to get to any of the quote unquote crazy stuff, the exciting things that they all want to do. Like we're just going to hammer down the basics of, all right, we're going to squat, uh, bench, deadlift. We're going to do unilateral work. We're going to do ladder, you know, uh, we're going to do all the, the foundational movements we're going to do. We're just going to hammer, 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 hammer. Because when you're ready to, to, to move up and graduate past, past that block zero for high school, I need to know that you can handle anything I throw at you. Um, because again, it's going to be geared more towards different priorities. Um, so we expose them to everything just in a more controlled confine in that developmental program. So in, like I said, till they hit um, 108 of their in high school, their developmental. Now, after they reach 108, they must maintain 25 sessions over the last six months. Why that? That's just kind of the average I've noticed across our in-season athletes. Uh, don't don't just take these numbers and apply them to your school. Again, this is this works at Dobbins Bennett, maybe not anywhere else. Um, so they go through the developmental program. Good, great, awesome. Well, what's the next step? Okay, well they're going to have, and I and again I took Gary's numbers. I, I took his like chart of body weight goals based on weight, and I kind of put took Joe Stukowski's. PPI chart and I kind of merged those and put them together and figured out what was good. And then I looked at our kids. And again, I had to gather the data for where our kids were. And this is my, I guess this is going into my ninth year, eighth year, eighth or ninth year. I've got enough data now to kind of know where our kids probably should be based on the frames that, that we have. Um, and so I changed all of his stuff into, I just started putting data in for our kids and then let that generate what our goals are going to be. So after the developmental program, there are there are three primary programs you could go into: strength, capacity, strength, and then power or speed. It's uh, S's, so it's strength, capacity, strength, speed. Uh, but it's probably airs more on the side of power, to be honest. Um, and so, to be in the strength capacity, you are within seventy uh, percent of your body weight ratio of your strength ratio. Um, I, I find that is more accurate to determine their needs rather than like a raw number. Because um, we've got a kid, we've got a pretty pretty heavy kid who deadlifts like 405. He's like, he's like 340, okay? 
Well, I've got another kid who was like 180 and did 405. He's 185, actually. Like, who's, who's actually stronger? You know, like, relatively speaking, the 185-pounder is. So, so I want to look at that. And now are you saying, well, is that 340-pound kid, is he going to deadlift 700 pounds? I'm probably not going to allow him to go that crazy in high school. But if he's able to, I mean, I'm not going to – again, we're not going to shy away from something that, uh, that they're able to do. They're able. Again, I'll, I'll decide that when we let him cross that bridge. But if they're they're greater than 70% away from their strength ratio goal, then they're in the capacity program. If they are less than 85%, they're in the strength program. And then if they're greater than 85%, they're in the power or speed program. Um, and so that's that's kind of how they get this determined which again I kind of call it maps and, and routes and this and that because we all have the same goal of like X marks the spot on the map that we want to go, but we have a different route we're going to take to get there. Um, just because again we have different types of kids. Program that worked for me might not work for you, and vice versa. There's there's you know I would like to think that it would now I would like it to be that easy, uh, and in many cases it can be. I'm not saying we're complicating or, or overcomplicating just to do it. Um, but so those, those kids will fall into those categories. Now, the, the question then becomes, well, how the heck do you organize that and manage it and do this and that? It's very simple. I use the tier program, Joe Ken's tier system. Um, we run a form of the three by seven um, for our off-season athletes. Uh, when they get to end season, we do a three by five in terms of actual exercises with a little bit more recovery work and built in. Um, I mean, they have mobility built in, but a little bit more. Uh, and then for postseason athletes, like tournament play, not post like after season, um, like tournament time, champion stuff, we'll, we do a three by three with them. And again, with with recovery work oh, and recovery is you got to recover, like not do anything. But that's a different conversation, different day. But the kids know it as recovery work because that's what they call it. So when I say that, just know that. Um, and so we'll have our total body emphasis day. We'll have our lower body emphasis day and upper body day. and then we just okay, if, if we're going to work capacity, what, what are the things we need to do to work that? Okay, well, if we're going to work strength and chase maybe max strength, what are the things we need to do to support that? All right, power and speed, what are the things that we need to do to support that? And then we just dive in and go from there. Um, and like I said, you know, if, if we're going to we, – we unify it in the sense that, okay, on Wednesdays we squat. That's our lower body day. There's hardly ever a, a, a game on – on uh, Wednesdays, I'm talking like 99% of them are not on Wednesdays. And so we're coming off a game on Tuesday. So I'd like to do my heavy leg work the day after typically. Uh, rel and again, relatively heavy if they're an in-season athlete, not, oh, well, you can squat this, so by God, you're going to do this. You know, again, we got to meet the kid where they're at. Uh, but I'd like to do it that day so it's the farthest away from their next competition, and uh, which is typically a Friday or Saturday if they go Tuesday. Uh, for us, at least. And so we're all going to squat that day. Now, how we squat the sets, the reps, the rest, uh, the superset, all those things might change. But the meat and potatoes stays the same. Uh, and, and then you're saying, well, I thought you said you were willing to change if kids, what if, a, what if the, the safety bar squat doesn't work for one of your kids? Well, then we'll change it for one of the kids. We've got a baseball player right now that's not allowed to he can front squat, but he's not allowed to back squat. That's the doctor's note that I have. Um, so he'll deadlift on Mondays because he's allowed to do that. And then we front squat him on Wednesdays as opposed to the safety bar. So it's not that big a deal. Uh, it really just works fine. Uh, you just have to plan and organize it. You can't just say, all right, guys, you can't be the old roll the ball up mentality. Just go do this. I mean, you have to place them strategically and then run it and teach them and then go from there. But, like I said, the, it's not 7 million different programs. It's just it's our program that what's prioritized at, at different points of the workout. That's all it is. Yeah, man. And, you know, that that's so awesome what you're doing over there because, like, what kids need is the primary source of what we're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. We need – you know, X kid to be stronger. He's in the strength program. Well, this kid is quote unquote strong enough. 
he needs to go in the power program or your speed program. You know, that, that's really awesome there. And you're talking about maps, right? So you got different maps for different uh, sports and stuff like that. So I have it actually here. I have your handout here that you gave us at the, the state clinic. So you have like 14 different routes with four maps. And you divide them off into black, maroon, gray, and white. So yep. talk about that for a moment because that's really interesting. So so what the, the color code scheme is, is just our school colors, black or maroon and gray is our primary colors, and then black and white because that's everybody's auxiliary color. Um, and so the maroon program is kind of our, our base program. That's that's for all of our Olympic team sports. Uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna say this. I don't mean this in a mean way towards other sports, like the major team sports, so like basketball, baseball, softball, soccer, lacrosse, uh, volleyball, wrestling. Uh, I might have left somebody off there, but those those are the, the major team sports. The gray program is going to be uh, minor team sports. And in other words, it's, you know, it might be individually focused, but it's a team like tennis, for example. It's a team sport, but it's also individual at the same time. Um, but I don't – but you're like, well, what about wrestling? Wrestling is individual but team. Do I need a tennis player and a wrestling – a wrestler to have the same physical capabilities? No. Um, so I, I put tennis in that. And then, uh, you know, your distance runners. For some people, golf would golf might bump into maroon. Golf bumps into to gray for us um, just because of the, the frequency at which I see them. Um, and so, again, depending upon what the sport is for the kid, kind of determines the complexity of the program. So we actually have a football class uh, in the morning. So I have football ninth grade through 12th grade, five days a week, all year long. Okay. So I can get a little more complex with them because I don't, the average for them is not two and a half times a week. The average for them is like four times a week, uh, four or five times really. Um, so I've got them so much more that they develop a training age that we can get a little more complicated. Plus there's not really, there's other sports where you're there's, that require a level of physicality, but there's no other sports where you, the goal is like, you're just, you know, like Rams, battering Rams back and like, there's nobody like, you don't need necessarily that armor that you need as in football um, for, for many positions. So football has a little bit different needs. And so I kind of started this with football in mind, but then I was like, well, I don't want football to dictate what everybody else is doing because they're, they're different. Uh, and so I, that's when I kind of moved football into the black program, the highest program and uh, highest being just utilization of the most complicated things. If, if they're ready and able and it, it's necessary, if not, then it's looks pretty similar. Um, but football, we will Olympic lift. Uh, we will we will clean. Uh, we will sometimes snatch. Um, we have the past couple of years. I'm not sure if I'm like super excited about the snatch or not. It kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's another conversation. Uh, so then the maroon program, we just take out Olympic lifting. Again, I don't. Uh, sometimes I don't see some of those kids as often as I'd like, uh, and so I was like, it's not worth teaching and constantly being behind the eight ball on some of those things when we could trap bar jump uh, and give them a jump mat, which again, another issue for another day, we can give them that and, and see where they're at. We can do some of those power-based movements that are like super easy to teach and really require, you know, little or no coaching in terms of doing it the right way. I just take some of the complexity out there. Um, the great program, again, a step, a step down in complexity. Um, if those kids want to use a barbell, they do. We've got a little distance girl um, just in the past couple of weeks who said, Coach, I'd like to start squatting with a safety bar rather than doing – they do like a, a lunge complex. And she's like, I can't hold the dumbbells. I like to use the bar and see if I like that better. She likes it better. So, yeah, listen, that's fine. Do that. Um, but most of the great programming is primarily um, dumbbell work. Just until, and then when they're ready or want to, we'll scoot them on up. Uh, and then the white program is the middle school. And, and again, that's just our, our foundational program that hits everything. Uh, there is no, nothing crazy, nothing complicated. Just hammer the basics, hammer the basics, hammer the basics. Remind them that if they add one and a quarter pound plate on each side of the bar, every single time they come in, that's two and a half pounds a week. That's 10 pounds a month. That's 120 pounds a year. It's 480 pounds, you know, in four years. And 480 is a pretty good number on anything. Um, 
I don't always tell them that math doesn't always work that way, but I just remind, I, I try to remind them that, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit better every day. Just, just, if you'll keep hammering this, hammering this, and you just get a little better, Hey, it's going to come, it's going to come. And, but consistency is what we'll preach there. So, uh, but again, those are still like with all within the same, like we got a total body day, lower body day, upper body day. And, and depending upon the program, those kids can train in the same rack. Um, like I said, football has its own class. So they never, they rarely have to, but uh, you know, most of our other, the maroon program kids kind of are in their own class too. So it, it's gotten a little bit easier. So. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And I, I sit there and look at your, your handout here and I look, you know, I looked through it and referenced it a few times because I'm sitting there like, you know, that's, that's a really good idea. You know, that's, that's a really, I take notes from there. Um, so I'm looking at your black program right now mm-hmm. and you're, uh, you, you go and throw it right. The mental size, strength, and then power speed. And then there's a fifth one there called triphasic. So mm-hmm. like, that's when you're seeing about 85% target of body weight and they're about strength radios about hundred percent. So how different is, I guess, your triphasic portion of the black program different than your normal like strength, speed, size? So it's not the, – the big difference is just the, the addition of some of those uh, French contrast. That's, that's the biggest thing, the addition of that. Um, some of the, the duration of if we do eccentric or isometric work, it might be – we might get to super maximal work for some of those kids because they, they've proven that they can handle and are able to go up and above and beyond, uh, you know, for, for some of our kids, what I, what I, the only difference is their percentage is 10% less. It kind of works the same way on that triphasic program. What we add, the, per, the percentage just goes up a little bit more. So say we're doing the East center block um, and we might go, maybe, maybe I got them going two to four reps at, you know, four seconds or something like that. Well, the, the triphasic group kids, the ones that have gone above and beyond of what I expect them to be able to do, they might go six seconds of that weight, or they might go more reps at it. You know, that's, that's the, the biggest difference is that. One, obviously, the higher load or the increased tension, time under tension. Those, those are two things that might change. And then the addition of a tr- not, uh, not just the four exercise, uh, but maybe a four to six exercise French contrast with it. Um, and you're like, what? What do you mean six section? That's not how it works. Yeah, well, like mobility and some auxiliary work in there. And so they might take a little bit longer to do some of that stuff. Um, that's that's primarily how we do that. And again, we we don't have uh, of the kids that are in the black program. I think maybe eight are in that. And you're like eight. That's got that's a lot. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't have our our strength ratio set at like two point five for the squat. It's you know one point nine. So it's, it's a little bit lower than some people might go. Uh, but again, I, if I'm going to err on one side of what we emphasize. I'm going to err on the side of emphasizing power. And again, I'm not taking away strength. Then the next tier down is going to be strength focused, but that's kind of where we sit with it. And it's worked the best again for our kids so far, if it quits working, guess what? We'll change it and go. So yeah, man, and that's kind of cool to go on that view of triphasic training because a lot of you, or at least my view of it, is like when we want to increase motor patterns or movement quality, like I'll turn the intensity super low for our athletes if we want to get movement quality, right? Mm-hmm. So if we want to teach like things like squats or anything like that, you turn that volume and turn that intensity very low. And then you just hammer in just actual movement patterns, three second downs, two hold, one up. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're teaching uh, motor patterns that way. It's kind of cool to go on the opposite end of it in which you're like, okay, my advanced guys, well, they're going to take, you know, three sets of two or four sets of two at this percentage. And they're going to ride a six second down and all that. That's awesome, man. That, mm-hmm. That's really cool to uh, kind of take a look at that. Um, so... In your maroon program and your gray program, um, the main difference between the two that I'm looking at here is that your gray program has levels. So talk to us about the levels there. The, uh, the gray program is really, really simple. <laughs> it's super, super not complicated. Um, the only difference between level one and level two is level one has a set 
set in rep range, like three by five, three by six or whatever. Whereas level two, it's a rep range. So instead of three by five, it's three by four to six. And then they progress weight that way. So that it's almost like APRE. Like if you get six, you add weight. If you get four, you decrease weight. I just, I, I let them do that. Uh, but I give them more freedom over the weight that they use once they've, they've met that criteria and they've been in there and they've trained and they kind of know how to do stuff. Uh, that, that level one group really has no concept of training. Like they, they don't know, you know sometimes hard is okay. And so we just say three by five. And then based on that, if you get them all, we bump it for next week. If not, we don't, um, they, they just had a little less autonomy. So that's, that's really the only difference there. Um, there, there might be, you got to be in level two to get the, the choice of exercise too. Uh, like that little girl I was telling you about that used the, the safety bar for her lunges. She's a level two kid. So I let her, I, the, the level one kids, um, one, I don't know if they weigh more than the safety bar. So, I mean, they're little critters, but they are just, uh, there's no, they couldn't, I don't, they, they couldn't handle that. Like they, they don't need to have that option. They just need to be in there and like, all right, we're going to do, and they're, and they're fine with it. They're not, this is not discrimination by any means, but they, they, they just roll with it. And, and again, they got to learn, they got to learn. Like we, we, we talk about wanting to do these big, cool, sexy things, but you got to start out like, one of the things that uh, I think about is when you watch the YouTube videos of like a Google sheet demo and you see the end first and then you're like, all right, well, we're going to start and you go to this blank, blank slate and it, how much work it takes to get to that really cool color coordinated, like presentable finished product. Like I've, it takes time to get there. And so I've got to start with a blank slate. And as you start getting, you know, data points, the more data points we have, the more of the story we can have written and the more of the picture can be painted. And so really, until you get to that point, we got to we got to figure out what you can do first, not because we want to hold you back, but so that we can enable you to go as far forward as you can. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, let's kind of go dive deep into that because. You know, we've had a few conversations about some Google Sheet things, and you like to use the phrase of uh, strength nerds. You know, that, that that's such a – and you had the picture of, like, uh, Professor Hulk from the Marvel movie. You know, that that's pretty accurate. So yes. um, I'm looking at your numbers here. So talk to us about how you get some of these numbers, right? So, like, um, uh, how do you set up things in Google Sheets to where you can almost not, like, be automated, but you can – almost have like the data to support your claims and support, you know, yeah. your program. So I'm going to pull it up on my screen. I don't know how to share anything. I'm going to just, so I can talk through it at least. Um, so if it looks like I'm looking in weird places, it's because I'm looking at my sheet. Um, so it all starts for me on the, I've got a data tab and I've got a column for athlete, exercise, date, result, and then some just demographic, stuff and the more data points we can get on that the better uh right now this semester we have uh 17,500 data points amongst our athletes so some people might be like that's a whole lot uh it's it's i mean it's okay i'd like to i mean obviously i'd like to have more data on more kids but i gotta i don't want to also be standing there behind a computer with kids on the floor coaching behind a computer that's that's ignorant to me uh my job is to be coaching those kids so i'm going to gather the data but i don't want to be sitting behind a computer just letting them roam and run wild and and not be coached um so from that the data tab it goes over i've got a calculator tab that can kind of determine uh you know the calculator tab for me determines what's their next load so kid comes over okay we did uh bench press yesterday uh one of our one of our girls she did 105 for eight and the goal was six. And I told him to stop at six, actually, but she did eight, and it's it's whatever. So based on those, we're going to determine what weight she needs to do next week, okay? So we'll use that calculator. However, with most of my kids, I kind of cap it at 5% uh, as to how much they'll jump, and that calculator has that built into it. Um, and why 5%? I, because it worked. Because That's why. That's I mean, it's there's no real science to it. I just found that 5% was an appropriate jump for a kid, for our kids. 
uh, that they're not going to be coming in one week and max out on one thing, something, you know, like they have a great day because that girl they think's pretty looked at them and, was, and they had come in, hey, I'm going to bench press 600 pounds, and they get that. And then the next week, she's hanging on to some other boy's arm. Well, now, Lord, she's he can't he can't do 300 pounds. So, like, we, we got to, you know, I, I don't want to have these valley, hills and valleys, hills and valleys. We want to have steady increases and know that there's going to be decreases. Like that's part of it. If there's not ever decreases, then I don't, I don't know if we're doing things right. Um, if there's not a little bit of decrease because, and I say that like my goal is to decrease. It's not the case, um, but it's just a reality. Some days we come in and fill it and we're going to improve. We're going to set a new PR and then some days we're not. And that's how we develop. It's how we, it's, again, it's a high school kid. Hormones are freaking dropping like bombs everywhere and they're all over the place. And so it's just, we got to be understanding that I'm not PRing every day. And so that calculator kind of helps me determine what their next load is going to be the following week's load. Now my, my goal and my desire, I've actually been talking with our uh, physics teacher. She's talking about rebranding our AP physics class into AP sports science and actually bringing all the kids over in with me and her learning how to do stuff and then almost like having like a horde of just, I don't want to call them interns, but just minions that are helping and, and analyzing data in real time and, and helping determine. Now, obviously, we're not going to let a high school kid train a high school kid. They would have a protocol that they would be following. But, you know, I want to get better at, at using live data, not post data. I want to. So we're working on that. Um, but for now, we'll use that to determine the next week's load. And so. Um, we'll use that. And then from the calculator, it bumps over. Um, we just got a little block. I call it my block sheet. And so it's got, it pulls up their maxes for whatever the exercises are we, we selected. And from that, there's just, there's ratios and percentages that the kid has to meet. If they meet, um, if they meet the, the expected criteria to go to this program, they do that one. They go to that one. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, when you look at it, like it looks crazy. It's like, well, how the heck did you figure that out? Because I hit equals and started typing stuff. Okay, that didn't work. Equals. Okay, that didn't work. Equals. And again, I like Excel and Sheets. So I was willing to do that. Like it make, makes sense to me. My brain, like I think my brain's love language is Sheets. So that was, it was, it was enjoyable for me to do that, to, to figure it out. Um, also, the other the other factor that, that really helps me figure out how sheets work is because I want to see my family. I want to see my wife. I like my wife. I like my kids. I want to see my kids. And so the more stuff that I can automate, the better off life is. And so uh, the, the quicker, the more efficient we are, the, the sooner when I'm done, we can go home and I can see them. So that was another, obviously, motivating factor to do that. Um, but sheets, I mean, it's free too. Like, good Lord, it's free. So if you're willing to put the time in to figure it out, um, it can it can make things super, super easy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this on here at the risk of Cody hearing it. Uh, I bought Cody Hughes' strength sheets, and I let that be the foundation of what we're doing. And I made a copy of it because it was foundationally what I was wanting to – I had been working on, but I just hadn't finished it yet. Made a copy of it. And then now I've got my sheet and his sheet so fully integrated. When I type it in on one sheet, it updates everywhere. There's like seven different sheets now. We got the black program, maroon, gray, and the white program. I've got four copies of it that I've made, and they're all integrated back to my main sheet. And so when I type it in one time, it updates to all of them. And so then when I want to go and hit print, it it's ready to roll. Um, but again, that's just efficiency. And some some people are like, well. Don't you have Team Builder? Why don't you use that? We do. We we do use that in some cases. Um, I don't have iPads for every rack, and we were starting to have issues with cell phones, so we took the cell phones away and gave them paper again. And it's been great. So guess what? If it ain't broke, we're not going to fix that. There's some things that if they're not broke, we need to optimize. But this is working well without the phones. So and I get to use Google Sheets more, and I like them. So <laughs> that's that's kind of kind of how we got to where we're at with with the utilization of Sheets, and um, so. Yeah, man. And, you know, I've talked about a few times on here and had several conversations with other people talking about like just Google Sheets because I love Google Sheets. I'll sit there and do what you do, hit equals and, you know, try to figure something out because it's cool. And I don't know. I, I, I'm a nerd at that. But yeah. like it's almost like a puzzle, man. 
mm-hmm. you're sitting there like, okay, this is what I want. This is, yep. a, you know, this is the end result. This is the picture that I'm trying to put, you know, here's the puzzles, pieces, whatever. But, you know, you got to sit there and think about some of these things, like just a basic, you know, match and index function. It will save you a ton of time. But like the process of understanding what index and matches takes forever. And some people, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting there like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Let's make this make sense. So, okay, index is what I want. Matches where we're trying. I mean, like it's, you know, it's a process with itself. So love Google Sheets. And it's kind of cool how you set up everything in here as well. Like you have all these different sports programs and you know, different maps. You can just type in numbers and just go like that. That's sweet, man. Well, I'll tell you what's, what's been fun. Um, one of our senior football players, I normally don't have senior football in the spring unless they play another sport. Uh, but he, I don't, I don't know. They, they called me and said, Hey, we need, we need something for a schedule. Can he take your class again? He's a good kid. Yeah, it's fine. Send him on. So he, he's in my class, but he's taking the AP coding class. Like coding is like sheets to me is like beginner level coding is that next, like that expert level that I'm not ready to do yet. And I know it works similarly. I just don't I haven't had enough time to devote to how it works. And so we were sitting in there nerding out in the office one day and talking about like, Hey, I wanted, I wanted to do this, 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 and this. I want to create my own thing that does, that automates all this. And he said, well, coach, I could code that for you. I said, no, you can't. 10 minutes later, he's got it set up and it's rolling the way I want to. I was like, listen, my brain is going like crazy. Like, okay. I'm thinking about like dropping him out of the weight program. Just say, Hey, you're sitting in my office and doing this from now on. Uh, but so it led to a conversation with our coding teacher um, who actually went to college with me. Uh, we, we were on campus at the same time, at Carson Newman, and it's not a big campus, but he was older and I just, I, I didn't, I wasn't in any classes. I had no reason to know him, but so that was a connection we had. So we said, we started talking. He's like, yeah, I'd love to make this like a project for my kids. Uh, and so he's, you know, like my next step is we're trying to get a, uh, our coding class is going to make, automate this even more in terms of how I deliver it to kids, how we get it all set up and, and how it, how it's integrated. Um, hopefully that coding class, then we can integrate with our AP physics, which is going to become sports science class. Um, hopefully we can do that and, and start using some of those things again to make better decisions faster. Um, but so I, uh, you know, like I said, I, that's a world that I want to get into is coding and stuff that I'm not, ready to yet uh, right now i've got i've got this kid for two more months before he graduates so he's gonna he's gonna make as much as possible uh and again like it's the same thing you know it's like it's a puzzle to, i want it to look like this uh he he wrote me a code to start pulling stuff out and it i mean we all have like dashboards you might send a coach that all right this is this is so and so did this this and this well, when they're on these different programs, the KPIs are a little bit different. So how do I quantify that and, and explain that to a sport coach that may or may not be in the weight room? And they're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Like, this is what I want to see. And so he coded up something for me and made it. And it's cool. Like, it's awesome. And our sport coaches love it. It's got attendance for the month. It's got monthly progressions on this, like improvements or, or decrements. Uh, and so I put his name on it. It's the Dunford uh, Dobbins Bennett Strength. Uh, report card. So I, I threw his name on there and forever it'll be that. So uh, give him a shout out on here. He'll, he'll never listen to this, but it's like, that's, that's helpful to me because it's, it's now it's improving my relationships with our coaches in a way that sometimes is challenging because uh, I don't see some of them as much as I'd like to or need to. So. Man, that, that's sick, man. Like, first of all, you can, you can make that kid like, the director of sports science yeah. for your for your high school at like 18 years old that's sick you know that, that's awesome man and uh second thing is it's like and i noticed this when you're starting to talk at the at the state clinic is that like you have such great buy-in with not just your coaches and not just your athletes but your teachers as well that that's that's pretty special man i know you're a graduate of um that high school that you're at right now and everything like that but still that that's that's sick, man. Like, yeah. you know, you can get your physics teacher in here, you can get your coding teacher in here, and like make projects. And I mean, that's that's such a great buy-in, even you know, outside of the weight room. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're you know that that's that's awesome, man. Well, I, and I'll tell you this about buying from teachers: it's uh, it's it's the same as any relationship. 
you know, a lot of teachers that are here now, I didn't have like they like some of them are my classmates and those are easy. I like we're friends. We're good. But some of them like they weren't from here. I mean, I don't there's I go through the roster every year and I'm like, who the heck is this? I don't even know who this is anymore. Um, and so really, I told my wife, I was like, you know, my my biggest my biggest weakness right now. So our field house is like probably two football field links, maybe one and a half football field links from the school. Um, so we have a probably low 70s or upper 70s, low 80s equipment manager. Um, I've got another one of our football coaches who's in his low 40s. And then we've got a retired, he's probably in his low 70s. If those people aren't in the building, I don't see other humans sometimes unless I go to the school, like other than the kids that come see me. So it was like, I said, you know, one of the things I think I'm my weakest, I'm weakest at right now is our staff relationships. You know, our, our, they'll email me and they know that they have my support or the kids giving them a problem. Like we email back and forth, but I go to these staff meetings and I sit back there and I talk to who I talk to, but I don't know how to talk to some of the other ones because I have no relationship with them. And so my big prayer was just opportunities to, to get to talk to them and get to meet them and, and develop relationships. That was my prayer all year and all fall, all fall, all football season. I was praying about it, but not doing anything about it. And it was like, Finally, at Christmas time, God was like, you know, you've been talking the big talk about this, but you ain't done one thing to to actually do anything about it. Uh, and so it kind of worked out funny. We we started our middle school program after school. Uh, they started busing them over to us. And so our middle schoolers, TWSWA, you can't have middle school and high school in the same weight room at the same time. So what I was like, I was like, man, I don't really trust those middle schoolers to go from the bus stop to the weight room without getting lost or hurt or like, Something crazy happened. So I'm going to go meet them at the bus stop. I don't have bus duty, but all of our teachers have hallway duty, bus duty. So I'm like walking past them. Like, we're like high-fiving that. We start talking. And uh, so, you know, that's been three and a half months now. And so just the conversations that we've had just in that time really led to, you know, and, and the physics teacher, I used to eat lunch with science um, when I had to do lunch duty one year. So I, I had kind of had science, you know, that was an easier one. Uh, plus, what we do is science, so like we have that in common at least. But but those those relationships have, have improved because of the middle school program, and you know that was just kind of something fell into my lap. Uh, it was not some awesome thing I thought of, but but it's led me to be more intentional uh, of trying to do things with our staff. Um, again, it's, we we are here to support each other. The kids don't come to Dobbins Bennett just for me. Uh, they don't come to Dobbins Bennett just for math class. Like. Like we, if there are no kids, there are no teachers. There's no point. Um, and so you got to take care of the staff so that they can take care of the, t- the students. Like, let's not get that out of, out of line. But I can't, again, I can't reach those kids if I don't have a, a relationship to some level with the other people that are educating them so that we can all be on the same page. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been – that buy-in has really come from – just having our kids talk and, you know, being willing to send an extra email or, or a text message or, or walking, you know, walking into the, walking over to the school between classes, even though it's a little bit far and out of my way, it's those, those dividends have paid off tenfold to what they have cost me. So, um, but it's definitely worth it. Definitely, man. That's awesome. I, I just had to highlight because I thought yeah. about it at the state clinic and it, that's awesome, man. Uh, kind of wrapping things up here. So, uh, last segment here, it talk, it's a conjugate coach spotlight. So is there anyone out there that you want to highlight? Um, anyone that you think specifically is making uh, the, a big impact into the field of strength conditioning? Um, I'll tell you, people that I talk to frequently, um, I, I have a group text with, with Craig Owens and Josh Ross. Uh, Craig's at Anderson County in just northwest of Knoxville, maybe north north to northwest of Knoxville. And then Josh just got hired at uh, Citrus High School in Florida as the head football coach. Uh, but he's he's done weight room, and I, I believe he's planning on continuing to do the weight room stuff um, for at least the time being. I talk to those two guys almost daily, bouncing ideas off. Uh, and that's not to say there's not other great folks that, that I talk to, and uh, but I talk to them the most uh, and really bounce my ideas off. Well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? Uh, we were actually texting yesterday about, how to better surf the, the force velocity curve uh, in our training, maybe in a single program, single session or across the program. We were texting about that last night, some ideas. 
Um, so both of them are doing some really awesome things. Craig, uh, <laughs> we were, t- we were driving to the state clinic and we were talking, you know, Craig has done a great job at AC for a long time and they won their first state championship since he's been there this past year. And all of a sudden people are like reaching out to him like crazy. And it's like, he's like, nothing changed. Like <laughs> I didn't do anything different. The same stuff I told you about last year when nobody cared is the same stuff we did this year, but we won a state championship. And so it's, it's, it was kind of cool, but he's, he's been doing such a good job there for a long time. So Craig's won. Uh, and then, like I said, Josh does a great job um, wherever he, he's been at. This, this, this is kind of a new territory for him, starting his first, first year as a first-year head coach for football and running the weight room. Um, I know Citrus is going to be in good hands, but those are probably the two people I talk to the most. Out, outside of the – we have three coaches on staff here. Um, Two, one at each middle school and me. So outside of Danielle Luthke and Tanner Combs, I talked to uh, Craig Owens and Josh Ross the most. So people that aren't actually at Dobbins Bennett, how about that? Yeah, man. And I met Craig at the at the stake link as well. And, you know, he's such a good dude and, um, you know, very humble about what he does and, you know, talked to me about his program and what they're doing there. You know, you can tell he's doing uh, a well, pretty good job over there. So, He's the one turned me on to these. So I'm an Apple guy. Like I had, well, Apple, like in terms of phone, but he turned me on to this. Like I went and bought, we called him. I didn't mean to, I went to Walmart. I said, Hey guys, I need some burner phones. Can y'all like, can y'all hook me up with some burner phones? And they're like, what do you need a burner phone? For? I mean, I just, just the track phones, track phones, those phones. I need those. And so he's got this, this app called photo finish app. I think is what's called. It doesn't work on Apple but somebody was writing their thesis or dissertation or something to that extent, made the app. And so what it, it's, what it does is you set it up and when somebody runs past, it takes a picture and it times it. Um, now I haven't read the studies, but it claims to be within 0.01% accurate of like a laser timer. Uh, I haven't run the studies. I don't have the budget to run those studies. Um, I haven't gotten to use it because when I bought it, I, I found out like I went and bought, four phones because you can set them all up like lanes and so I, I was out there I was like ah, I got it set up it's gonna be great and it didn't work at all and I then I found out that you have to have data on one of them like you got to be on the wi-fi I thought it would just like you could bluetooth them and it would work so again user error um I haven't tried them again I ran I didn't we didn't have the time to try it again but he he sends me video like screen videos of it it's awesome I like it's 20 bucks for a phone to buy the phone and then you get just gotta have it on wi-fi so I could pay pay five six hundred bucks for a timing gate, or I could go get some burner phones and set them up, look them up on the internet. Um, if you do decide to do that, do not call and ask me any questions about it. Ask Craig; he'll take care of you. He'll help troubleshoot for you. So I'm volunteering him something for something he doesn't know he's being volunteered for. Um, but it's it's I mean it's cool for me. Like I, I you can use a single phone mode and, and get some stuff. Um, like I could do like a pro agility with it. I just can't get like the the lanes timed out. But so for eighty to a hundred bucks, and you got to buy minutes for whatever that you know, very cheap. You can get that. So that's that's not something I've used efficiently yet. But Craig uses it all the time, and I think it's awesome. And it's a great way of you know, great example of finding a way. Oh wait, we ain't got money for this. Well, we find a way. We we can make we can get money for this and get it done. So. Right. A coach reached out to me this week and talked about like this app called Sprint Timer Photo Finish. Uh, yeah. It sounds like something similar that what you're talking about yep. to where like it'll take a photo like that's five bucks on the app store. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can. there's plenty of other ways that you can do things that doesn't require five, six hundred, seven hundred dollars of just equipment. Man. That Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, you can you can now again. Is it is it been? scholarly journal approved maybe not um so is it going to be the most accurate data no but neither is the jump mats that i use and that's what i got you know and i can i can measure growth maybe not an accurate vertical but i can measure growth with it so the same thing with that timing system maybe it's not the most accurate maybe i don't want to say hey guys you're running a four four because you're not um but i can i can see speed improvements because it's it's at least reliable so um, and I tell our kids that, like, listen, guys, some of these numbers we get on stuff is like not 100% accurate. I'm really looking more at percent growth. So uh, that's a teaching. That's a teaching and a buy-in thing. Like, 
well, no, coach, it says I jumped 40, 40 some inches on my vertical. Eh, well, maybe not, but you're up five inches from this time last year. So I'm okay with that. So, yeah, man. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get into that after yeah. we get done with the call. Um, yeah. With that, Zach, I want to thank you for getting on the Conjecture Chats. I know we had a little bit of a delay there in the beginning uh, because, uh, you know, when your mama calls you, you know, you, you, you had to answer it. So, um, so it was really awesome to kind of dive deeper into your program and how kind of all that works, man. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey man, it was a blast. I enjoyed it. And that's another episode of the Conjugate Jets. Please follow our, our social media platforms at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also follow Zach on his social medias as well. In the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today.